Father, we thank you for your word. Father, I thank you for each and every person that is listening to the sound of my voice, each and every person that is watching me right now, Father. Lord, I thank you that they are good ground. I thank you, Father, that your word that is coming out of my mouth is good seed. It's a hundredfold seed. And Father, as I sow this seed onto this ground, Lord, I thank you that it will bear a hundredfold harvest in their life. And Father, right now, I bless every single person with, that is listening to me and watching me with the spirit of understanding. Father, that we will be able to receive your word and let it go deep into our hearts, Father. And I pray, Father, right now for a spirit of revelation, a spirit of wisdom, a spirit of counsel, and a spirit of conviction to rest upon us as we hear your word, as we receive your word, God. That we will be convicted in our hearts and, and our minds will be renewed by your word today. That it will lead to transformation in our lives. And Father, I pray for every single person right now that heaviness will be lifted off their life. That depression will be lifted off their life. And that they will, their hearts will be open right now to receiving your word. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. I'd love for you to open your Bibles uh, to Psalm 1. All right. So I'm going to read from verse 1. And it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does, he shall prosper. I want to read this psalm in the Passion Translation because it is so powerful. It says this, What delight comes to the one who follows God's ways. He won't walk in step with the wicked, nor share the sinner's way, nor be found sitting in the scorner's seat. His pleasure and passion is remaining true to the word of I am, meditating day and night in the true revelation of light. He will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design, deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss, bearing fruit in every season of his life. He is never dry, never fainting, ever blessed and ever prosperous. The reason why I started with this psalm today is because of the word blessed. Now, the word blessed, it means uh, to be highly favored. It means to be uh, given special gifts from God that lead to an abundance of joy. It leads to an abundance of happiness. And, And here the psalmist is writing, he starts off by saying that blessed is the man. You can say blessed is the woman, blessed is the child, uh, whatever it is, whoever it is. But blessed is your portion. That's what God wants to tell you today, that in this season, your portion is to be blessed. And he says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. Now, the word counsel over there is the word advice. Right, And what it means is that that in this season, in this day and age, we're getting counsel left, right and center from everywhere. When in, in, in a moment of despair, in a moment of crisis, we seem to be receiving counsel from anyone that wants to give us advice. And, in, and here what he's saying is 
he blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. He's not talking about the counsel of the godly, but he's talking about the counsel of the ungodly. So what, what the psalmist is telling us is he's saying, check your source of your information. Come on now. Check the source. Where is the source? What is the source of your counsel that you're receiving in this, in this season? Because uh, the, the source of your counsel, if it is godly or ungodly, how do I know whether the source is ungodly or godly? If, if, the, if the source is from God's word, it is from God's voice, it is from, uh, from that God is speaking to you, then it's a godly source. If it's, it's the source from the church, from, from, from God's people, from the community that you're in, from the, from the vine that you're connected to the community that you're connected to it would be a godly source but if it's an ungodly source it would be a a source that has no hope attached to it it would have no uh, long life attached to it see because when you speak from God's word God's word is eternal God uh, gives you strength every time he speaks to you and uh, every time God wants to bless you his blessings last you for eternity it's not momentary but it's eternity right so Whenever we, so we must check the source of our information, uh, you know, and he says here, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And here what he's trying to tell us is that the delight of the godly, the thing that brings us joy, the thing that brings us um, so much of happiness is really the law of the Lord. So when he says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, it's his standard of righteousness. It is, it is God's standard of righteousness that the Lord maintains. You know, it's not the, it's not the law that God gave to, to Moses, although it is, but it's the standard, it's the ability of the Lord to keep that standard of righteousness. Now, uh, the, the Bible says that um, the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the same, it's the same thing here that he's talking about, the law of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, the reverence that God, that the Lord has for his father is the beginning of our wisdom, right? Whenever, whenever we, we meditate on uh, the reverence that God has, that the Lord has for his father, you see it in the gospels. When, whenever Jesus would talk about his father, he had such a high reverence uh, for his father. That's the fear of the Lord. And so when he's talking about our delight is is to is in the in the law of the lord he, he's trying to say that the revelation of this the standard of righteousness that the lord jesus christ maintains or keeps is when we begin to meditate upon that that is when we actually start experiencing the blessedness that comes from receiving counsel now the counsel that he's talking about blessed are those who do not get advice from ungodly, but get advice from the godly people, from, from, uh, from the source which is godly. He's trying to tell us that when you start meditating day and night, right, upon the law of the Lord, the, the, the grace that comes, that, that the Lord has to maintain the standard of righteousness, right, when we start meditating on that, now we begin to, to, to experience a a blessing that comes from God our Father. And so he, he says, he shall be like a tree planted 
by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does, he shall prosper. Now, we must understand that Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 17, he says this, I did not come to abolish the law, but I came to fulfill the law and the prophets. All right, so Jesus, you must understand, the law is a revelation all right, is a revelation of God's standard of righteousness, okay? Now, Jesus Christ, the man, is is a manifestation of the invisible word, the spoken word of God, all right? So now we must understand that when Jesus appeared on the earth, the manifestation of God's word came to fulfill the, uh, the, the revelation of God's standard of righteousness, the law which was given to the Israelites, was a very high standard. They could not, they could not meet it because it always reminded them of the sin that, that, that they were sinners. And and the more they were reminded that they were sinners, right? They they uh, they would constantly remain in sin. Now you must understand the law was a counsel to the Israelites. You must understand that the law would counsel the Israelites and the law would always, because there was sin in them, they they would always remain sinners. I hope you're understanding what I'm getting right now, right? But when Jesus came, it was only God who could maintain the standard of righteousness. So God had to become like you and me. He became like a man. He chose to become like a man so that he could come and and take our place and fulfill the law and the prophets. So Jesus came as a man. He fulfilled the law and the prophets. And now whoever believes in Jesus now begins to experience the blessed life that God always intended for us to have. All right. If if you're with me, just say an amen wherever you are. It's absolutely awesome. Right. So God's desire for you and me is that we should be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water, right? That his desire for us is that we should bring forth fruit in its season. He whose leaf also shall not wither and whatever he does, we shall prosper. Like Jesus, um, uh, the the second uh, Corinthians chapter five really talks about how God sent Jesus to become sin, right? And while he became sin, took sin upon himself so that you and I can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So now we must understand what what this psalmist is trying to tell us. He's trying to say that it is the Lord's ability right, to maintain, to keep a standard of righteousness, God's standard of righteousness. And every time we meditate upon that, right, the title of my message today is being Christ conscious, all right, being Christ conscious. So every time you are conscious of the Lord's ability to maintain righteousness, we automatically are positioned uh, that we are right before God. And every time we're right before God, we experience the blessed life that God has for 
for us. And this portion is your portion. Your portion is to be blessed by God because everyone who believes in Jesus is saved. Everyone who believes Jesus is, is rescued from darkness into light. He's brought from, from a kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of life. You are in the kingdom of God. And when you're in the kingdom of God, you are righteous before God. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You must understand God chose to become like man so that man can become like God. It is in our ability today, if you believe Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it is in our ability, our God-given grace to be righteous. We're righteous before God. We're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That is such a powerful statement in a season when we're receiving counsel from all different sources. The psalmist is trying to tell us, hey, listen, just shift your focus. Shift your focus over what is happening in the world today. Shift your focus over what is happening around you and and shift your gaze and, and look to the one who has made you righteous. You are right before God. Why would God give you a virus? Why would God throw a virus upon the earth? It is not in his nature to curse you. It is not in his nature to, to see you being harmed and, and suffering. It is, it, it, it's his desire for you to live a healthy life, to live a full life, to live a long life. This is God's portion for you. Don't, don't, don't give in to the counsel of, of people who are ungodly. They're just telling you based out of fear but we speak with hope we speak with life we speak with eternity in mind that's who that's our portion that's the portion of the righteous and the righteous dwell in the presence of God in the presence of God there is no virus that can exist in the presence of God there's no demon that can attack you the Bible says that he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world how dare any virus come and touch you how dare any virus any sickness any disease come close to you. You are chosen by God. You are hand chosen. You're hand picked by God even before the foundation of the world. So encourage yourself, strengthen yourself. And you must understand that God has chosen you because he loves you and he wants you to live the blessed life. Somebody say an amen if you believe me. Amen. It's so good. You know, while I was preparing for this, for this message, the Lord reminded me of a vision that I saw last year. And, and in the vision, I saw a, a, a beehive, uh, and these bees were very aggressive. And, and, and it was high up in, in a ceiling in, in, a, in, in the forest. And, um, and then I saw a man's hand go to the beehive, and I saw him stir the, the hive up uh, and disturb the hive. And, and when it happened, it made the bees even more aggressive, and it started spreading out and looking for people that it can attack. And, and when I saw this, um, uh, I, I saw Christians around the world um, trying to fight the bees. They were trying to fight this in their own shape. They're trying to respond to these bees and they were trying to fight it. And, and the strategy of the enemy was to um, cause, make the Christians respond to the counsel that is happening now. Respond to the virus, react to the virus. Try to, it's a trap. You must understand, it's a trap. Don't respond to the virus. The Lord told me clearly, he said, we, I have never instructed my people to respond to a defeated foe. 
We don't respond to a defeated enemy. That virus died on the cross 2,000 years ago. It doesn't stand a chance in front of God's children. We don't respond to a defeated foe. We don't react to a, to a virus that is trying to create havoc in the world. The, so, so I saw the Christians and they're trying to fight. They were trying to push. They were trying to do all of these things. And I said, Lord, what is the hope for, for, for your people in this season? And he says, Psalm 91. Psalm 91. Tell them Psalm 91. Psalm 91. And I want to I read Psalm 91 to you right now. And, and not the whole Psalm, but just a few verses so that you can understand what God is actually telling us in this season. And he's saying in Psalm 91 and verse 1. He says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of of the Almighty, and I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. Not anything else, not any home, not any building, not any isolation, none of that stuff, none of that stuff will keep you safe. You can go anywhere you want, try hide anywhere you want. A virus can infiltrate through your ACs and come into your house because it's airborne, whatever. But I want to tell you, God has given us. His secret place shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will save the Lord. He is my refuge. Not any doctor, not any lawyer, not any vaccine. He is my refuge. He is my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. And then he goes on to say in verse 7, A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. It shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, of the ungodly. The people who don't know God, the people who, who, who dwell on the counsel of the wicked, there is a reward for them. But there's also a reward for those who dwell on the counsel of God, those who dwell on the advice that comes from God's word. It is so simple. It is so easy. Don't fret. Don't be afraid. Don't give in to this stuff that is happening in the world, but actually stay at home. That's what he says. Stay at home. He who dwells in the secret place. We've been given a stay at home order. Man, enjoy this time. Don't fret. Don't frown. Don't worry. God will supply all of your needs. Don't worry about it. Your money will stretch and everything will work out really fine. Actually, in fact, this season, when all the shopping malls are closed, guess what? Your money in your bank still remains. <laughs> you don't have to go shopping for groceries. You have to order takeaway. Man, I'm telling you, it will last. Everything will be absolutely fine. You, but, the, but you must understand that God is saying, he who dwells in the secret place. There's a secret place that the bees can't find you. There's a secret place that the virus cannot find you. And he, he says, those who go looking after the virus, those who start responding to the virus, now will get tired trying to fight the virus. This is the trap of the enemy. The trap of the enemy is not that he wants you to, to, to fight the virus. He wants you to fight the virus so that you can get tired fighting the virus so that when he comes to attack you, you are tired. And right now, you must understand that while all this is happening, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the word. Strengthen yourself with, with the word of God. Fill your, allow yourself to be conscious of Christ in you. Be conscious of his word in you. His word is life. Jesus says, my word is spirit and it is life. What does it mean? It means that the more the word that you have in you, the more spirit 
spirit you experience, the more the life you begin to experience, you must understand that the spirit is the one who raised Jesus from the dead. And so every time you have the word and spirit in you, you experience long and abundant life. And that is your portion. Long and abundant life is your portion. I want to take you back to Psalm chapter 1. Because there's something that he says that is really beautiful. He says, you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. The ones who receive the word of God. The ones who receive the counsel of God. That brings forth, you will bring forth its fruit in its season. Which means the word of God has the ability to produce fruit in its season, which means the word knows exactly when to produce fruit. You don't decide, okay, today I'm going to produce love. Okay, today I'm going to produce joy. I'm going to produce patience. No, these seasons come to test the fruit. And this season is a season of patience. It's a season of waiting, waiting upon the Lord. And in this season, God is producing patience in our life. He's producing long suffering in our life. Although we don't like the word long suffering a lot, but he's producing that fruit so that we can, every time we come across a situation like this, the situation begins to eat off the fruit and not of you. And we must understand that in this season. And he says, whose leaf also shall not wither. What does that mean? It means that the season of this world will not affect the tree of life. It will not, when you have the word of God in you and you're beginning to produce life, everything around you, it'll hinder you from experiencing burnout. And that's exactly what it says here. Your leaves will not wither, which means the seasons of the world will not take its course on you. It means that, that means that you will be, your, the cells in your body will begin to multiply and it will not die. It will begin to reap replenish itself and and he this is an anti-aging medicine right here right here this is anti-aging this is the recipe right here your leaf shall not wither and whatever he does it shall prosper prosper this is not a prosperity gospel message, but this, the word prosper is actually also derived from the word uh, salvation in Greek. It's one of the words sozo. One of the meanings of sozo is prosperous, to be prosperous. And what it means here is that you'll be prosperous not only in your wealth, but also in your relationships. You'll be prosperous in, uh, in your coming in and your going out. You'll be prosperous in your, in your finances, in your gifting, in your, in your marriage, in, with your kids, your, your health. Every aspect of your life will be prosperous. And that's what he says. Whatever you do, you will prosper. So if you go to the gym and you work out, you will prosper in, in, in that aspect. You sit down at home and you eat uh, good food, you will prosper in that, which means your food will not run out, which means everything that you eat will add value to your body and not add destruction to your body, right? So that's what he's, he's saying here. Whatever you do, you shall prosper. Now, this word prosper also implies that it is a word of salvation, Okay, sozo. It's it's taken from the word salvation. So what 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 is what is God trying to tell us that in this season there are we we need to be saved out of a situation that is going out of control. And when when you are in God's hand, you are never in a situation that is out of control. When the storm outside of you begins to get inside you, that's when you'll begin to get out of control. So my uh, my advice, my counsel to you in this season is never allow the storm that is on the outside get in. Churches, pastors, I want to advise you, don't react to a virus. Don't respond to a virus. 
Respond to Jesus. And that's what he's saying. Blessed is the man who responds to, who dwells, who meditates, who is conscious, who is aware of the presence of God, who's aware of the word of God, who's aware of the word of God in him. Because that's when he'll begin to save you. He'll, he has, he'll pull you out of darkness into light. And prosperity is your portion. So, I want to I want to bless you with that word, right? Prosperity. There's a there's a time in the Bible when when um, the the Israelites were going through the wilderness in Numbers 21, and and, and they were they they needed to experience salvation. They needed to experience God's salvation in their life, right? They were going through they were going through the wilderness. And, uh, and if for reference sake, you can read through Numbers 21. And um, they were going through it. And it's a similar time to what we are experiencing now. Might feel like a wilderness. Might feel like a shaking. And shakings are always good. Because the, what is not meant to be on the tree will fall. What is not meant to be in your life will fall. And it's a good thing. And you need to allow it to happen. But uh, in Numbers 21... We see the Israelites who um, who are walking through the desert. Uh, they're walking through the wilderness, and and they uh, come into this place where you must understand God has been with them throughout this entire time. And when they they come to this moment of of uh, it, it says um, uh, in in the city of Hor, they come there and um, they begin to. Uh, it, it says that their soul was disturbed. Right? It says, let me, let me just read that to you right now, okay? Numbers 21. It's a very important verse because it's going to encourage you and I, right? It says, Then they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. You must understand what's happening here. They're so discouraged. How long, God? How long is this going to take? How long are we going to stay at home? How long are we not going to have our jobs back? How long are we... Their soul became discouraged. They looked at the circumstance and the counsel that they received from these circumstances and it troubled their soul. It troubled their mind. What, do, what, does, the, what does Jesus say? Jesus says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. It's not what goes, listen to me church, I want you to pay attention to my words. It's not what goes into your body that defiles you. It's what comes out of it. There is no virus that is more powerful than a defiled heart. Take my word for it. That is a good word. There is no sickness that is greater than a defiled heart. When your heart is defiled by by what is happening around you, you've heard the counsel of the world and are the ungodly and now it's caused your soul to be discouraged. You begin to speak. And when you speak against God, when you speak against his people, you speak against his church, you do all these things. It causes you, it opens you up for an attack. And I want to tell you, the virus is looking for people with defiled hearts. Is looking, the enemy sets a trap for you by creating a scandal. 
And, and, and you know, there, there are people who, who um, I, get, I get sent messages uh, a lot, a lot of messages, and I, don't, and I don't have a problem with them. But sometimes well-meaning friends send me certain um, messages that might sound like good news. And this is, now I'm exposing the trap. It's a scandal of the enemy. It's a snare that the enemy puts in, in, in your life. And, in, in, and it's like this. It comes to you as good news. And we're innocent. We, we send it thinking that it's good news um, and, and to one another. And, and this, I got this message not by one person, and many people had sent it to me. And uh, uh, because they were so happy, we're looking for some good news, and so they sent it to me. And it was about, uh, about um, the news that finally China has not recorded any, uh, um, uh, any uh, what's it called, uh, any cases uh, lately, right? So today is the first day. That day was the first day that, that China had not recorded any new cases. But, that's the trap. But the experts say that there can be a second wave coming. And you must understand the trap of the enemy. It's a scandal. So what he does is he takes good news and he embeds a trap into it and then he gives it to the Christian. And then when the Christian begins to look at the good news, he's like, oh, yeah, good news, man, come on. You know, one person, there's not even a single case. Come on, Jesus, but, but, <laughs> but the experts say, there might be a second wave. And that's the issue that, that I feel that is happening in the world today. The enemy has found a way to infiltrate the kingdom of God through well-meaning Christians who give counsel without checking the source. And that's the problem. That's the problem. We're looking at, at the good news and we're not looking at the bad news inside. The, the trap that sets us to continue to fear. Oh, we might have a second wave. Oh my God, it might come. Well, don't relax. Be on edge. Be on edge. No, I want to tell you that is the trap of the enemy. And you must understand that when this trap comes, it comes and Christians spread it to everyone. See, you must understand this scandal, this trap is not for the unbelievers. It's not for the ungodly. It comes to the godly. And so what the enemy does, and, and this is now I'm moving into Revelation because you must understand what's happening. There's two trees in the garden. There's the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so what happens is that the enemy comes and he uses the knowledge of good and evil together must understand that it comes like that good and evil that comes together and it comes to the Christian and then when it comes to the Christian the Christian now begins to eat of that fruit and when he eats of the fruit he realizes he's naked he realizes his family is naked he realizes his church is naked he realizes that uh, that uh, that the hospitals are naked the workplace is naked every oh my god we're going to get attacked oh my goodness there's a second wave coming oh hide 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 we need to respond and the enemy causes you to respond to the virus he respond to the trap and when we begin to fight the trap, we begin to fight the virus. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a rat that was in a trap, and he's trying to fight, fight, fight. And when he gets tired, he just gives up, and it's easy to attack. You must understand what the enemy wants to do is that he wants you to eat of this fruit and stand before the knowledge of good and evil. When you partake of the knowledge of good and evil, it makes you a judge. 
And when it causes you to judge, you'll begin to judge people, you'll begin to judge uh, things, you'll begin to judge yourself, you'll begin to judge your life. And when, if you are not counseled by the word of God, and if your judgment does not have righteousness in it, see, you must understand as Christians, God judges us as righteous. He judges us as holy, blameless, perfect. You must understand that that is the judgment that Christians can judge one another. I judge my friend as righteous, man. If, if he is making mistakes and he's all that kind of, and I need him to improve, I'm going to judge him as righteous. When I judge him as righteous, now he has no other hope <laughs> other than to live holy and righteous. They, we must understand that the enemy wants us to use our words to begin to speak against one another. Begin to speak against another pastor. Pastors are condemning pastors in this season. This is not a time to fight one another. This is not a time to, to backbite and, and, and husbands and wives going at it, each other. Friends going at one another. This is a time to build up. This is a time to encourage. This is a time to give hope. Because that's what you, you receive when you eat of the, of the tree of life. Not of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You must understand the tree of the knowledge of good and evil sounds good. But there's also evil attached to it. And when you receive both, he causes you to judge between good and evil. But God is causing us to eat of the tree of life. When we eat of the tree of life, we shall be planted by the rivers of living water. His fruit shall not wither. And so coming back to my story in in, uh, Numbers chapter 21, we see the Israelites become weary. They become, their soul becomes very discouraged on the way and they spoke against God and they spoke against Moses. And so God gets angry. You must understand, okay? They're not in grace. They're in the law. And there are consequences to breaking the law. All right? And so God sends fiery serpents among the people and they bit people and many people died. Right? So then they, they, so then they come to, to Moses and say, Moses, please pray for us. You know, please talk to God on our behalf. Sometimes in my church, I feel like that. You know, people come to me, Pastor, please pray, please pray. You know, because it just communicates to me. It just tells me that you don't have a direct relationship with God and Moses is still in your life. <laughs> and so I want to encourage you, have, have a chat with God. You made a mistake, just talk to him directly. You don't need another person to pray for you. Yes, we're there to encourage one another, but I will stand with, in agreement with the person who has already prayed to God. And so now Moses goes to God and says, God, what do we do? And all the people are dying. All the people that you chose are dying. And so um, God says, okay, Moses, make a bronze serpent. And when you make a bronze serpent, hang it on a cross. And when, it, when you put it up there, whoever gets bitten, who looks at the serpent, the bronze serpent, not at the cross, but the bronze serpent will live. And so now Moses makes this fiery serpent and he puts it made out of bronze and he puts it on the, on the cross and every person who looked at that serpent lived. Which means the, the poison, right, had no effect on their physical body. Now you must understand, it, it's, it had nothing to do with eating anything. It had nothing to do with uh, a medicine. Oh, let me take an antivirus. Oh, let me take a, a, a vaccine. Now, everybody's after a vaccine, vaccine. Come on, let's get a vaccine. No, no, no. For us, for us Christians, children of God, we have to look at Jesus. That's In this season, our antivirus, his name is Jesus. Everybody says, oh, the blood of Jesus. No, no, no. You just have to look at Jesus. 
You just have to look at him. You have to look at that cross, the price that he paid. He is that bronze serpent. Listen, the Bible says that for for sin, he became sin. For our sin, he became sin so that we could become righteous. And so in this season, what I'm talking about being Christ conscious is is I'm, I'm asking you to meditate, to become conscious, to become aware of what Jesus took on the cross, of what Jesus took on that cross for you. He took on this this coronavirus, COVID-19, whatever name you want to call it, it was taken on the cross 2,000 years ago. It has been defeated. He defeated the sin. He defeated the virus. He defeated death and hell. He defeated it. And the Spirit of God raised him from the dead. And that same Spirit has been given to you and I so that that Spirit of God begins to protect our bodies. But in the season, when you begin to listen to the counsel of the world, you might be you might get bitten by those snakes you might get bitten by those bees you might get it's 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 an attack that is coming against the world but at the end of the day the christians have hope we have hope the children of god have hope the people of this world have hope his name is jesus and if you look upon jesus if you just look at him every effect of that virus every effect of the poison of every word that you received will be washed away from your life. It will make you clean completely again. God's desire is for you to live. God wants you to live an abundant life. He wants you to live a full life. He wants you to live without lack in your life. This is your portion. And I want to tell you that we have come into a day and age where information is everywhere, but not revelation. And God is calling us to live on the revealed word of God. There was the law, which was the revelation of the standard of righteousness, but by grace, we have received new, fresh revelation that God is giving about his nature, about his abilities, about his power, his love, his heart for you and I. You must understand, we come into this place, we've come into a city called Mount Zion. This city is not a city that hides. This city is not a, that cannot be hidden and put a cover over we're meant to be in the light we're meant to be we're, we're meant to be the light in the darkness and in this world when nobody has hope god is looking for his church to be the ones who are full of hope the ones who have the antivirus the ones who have the vaccine the vaccine called Jesus. The world wants to look while, while everybody gets this airborne disease. The world wants to see whether the Christians get any disease. And I want to tell you that the Christians are safe. Because we believe in the truth of the word of God. We don't react to a virus. We react to respond to the word of God he who who dwells in the secret place he who meditates upon the law day and night that's which means he's calling us not to look at the stuff that is happening around us but to meditate on his word and in closing I want to I want to read Psalm 1 again to you but this time in the passion translation I want to read it again because it is so beautiful i want to read this over you and i'm going to pray over you before we end the message but i've got some words that i want to give out some prophetic words so so pay attention now in this moment it says what delight comes to the one who follows god's ways he won't he won't walk in the step with the wicked nor share the sinner's way Nor be found sitting with the scorner's seat. 
His pleasure and passion is remaining true to the word of I am. Meditating day and night in the true revelation of light. He will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design, deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss. Wow. Bearing fruit in every season of his life. He is never dry, never fainting, ever blessed and ever prosperous. This is your portion. God wants you in the season to be prosperous in your health, prosperous in your relationships, prosperous in your community, prosperous wherever you live in the world. He wants you to be prosperous. He wants you to prosper and be in good health. This is his portion. I want to pray for you right now. I want to pray for each and every person that is watching this video. Father, I thank you that this seed of your word has gone deep into our hearts. Thank you, Father, for revelation. We thank you, God, that we are not, we don't live according to the law, but we live in grace today. Amen. That the Lord's ability, we meditate on, on the Lord's ability to hold this high standard of righteousness. Lord, we cannot be righteous even if we wanted to, God. But it was your heart to make us righteous. We thank you for Jesus, that you came, Jesus, became like us so that we can become like you. What a promise, what a gift it is that we are called righteous. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And our, and our place today is to be hidden in Christ. We hide ourselves in the secret place. The world does not know that it is Christ, but we know that it is Christ. Christ is our secret is our secret weapon. We thank you, God, like, that Jesus, just like, just like Moses told the Israelites to look at the bronze serpent. Today I'm speaking to people to look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. But what is your revelation of Jesus? Is he still on that cross? Is he, is he an infant Jesus? Is he Jesus of Nazareth? Is he Jesus uh, uh, with his disciples, a teacher, a prophet, a king? Is he Jesus that is just still hanging on that cross? Or is he Jesus that was dead, buried, and resurrected? Today, I want to invite you to look to Jesus who is powerful, more powerful than any virus, more powerful than any disease. He's resurrected and he says, now you go. I've given you authority. Now you go, heal the sick, cast out demons, cleanse the lepers. And I thank you, Father, that you weren't inviting us. You weren't, you weren't just, just telling us to do something. You were commanding us that we have the authority You've given us that authority over every sickness, over every sin, over every disease. And today, Father, we choose to dwell in the secret place. We choose to dwell and meditate and be conscious and aware of, of your presence, of your grace upon our lives. We don't, we don't have to work out our salvation. We have received it by grace. Thank you so much for choosing us, God. And right now, Father, I, I just release life through these, to these frequencies, God. I release life and abundance of life. I release your anointing right now that breaks every yoke of bondage. I release it now in the name of Jesus.
that every yoke will be broken. Every bondage will be broken. Every chain will be broken off people's lives. Father, if there are any, is there any person that is, that is being trapped by the knowledge of good and evil that has, that has caused them to speak out a word, Lord, I just release them today. I release them from that bondage. And I, and I release them to look at the tree of life. Look at Jesus and receive life from it, God. I thank you that you have come to give us life and life in its abundance. So today we receive the abundant life. We receive that life right now. Just the anointing, the presence of God is just beginning to fill that room. It's beginning to fill you right now. The presence of God never left you, ladies and gentlemen. It was always in you. You've just become aware. You've just become conscious of a presence that always existed on the inside of you. God's promise is that he will never leave you nor forsake you. He is always with you. But he invites us to speak life. So I want to encourage you, instead of speaking and spreading the counsel of the wicked, spread life, speak life, speak hope. You know, our church, where our church is built on, on three core values, that it is, it is God's presence, it is God's people and God's word. And I want to encourage you to, to create a, a value for this in your life. In this season, this is a perfect opportunity for you to, to create a value system that's based on God's word, God's people, and God's presence. And I'm telling you, you will begin to experience the blessed life like you've never experienced before. Right now, as I'm speaking, I'm seeing a woman who is, seeing, who, who is beginning to see the symptoms of the virus in your body. Uh, actually, there are several people who are, who are seeing this, but I'm seeing a woman who has just noticed that you're beginning to have this this. Um, this effect in your body and right now because you have believed the word because you have received this word those symptoms are leaving your body the, the, even if you go and get tested your report will come back negative I want to tell you there is such a hype about this thing 98% of people have survived and I want to tell you it is nothing in this season don't give in to fear in this season, don't give your attention to a defeated foe, a defeated enemy. Don't give your attention, but give attention to the one who's victorious. His name is Jesus. And the one you behold is the one you become like. So become like Jesus in this season. Just begin to manifest Jesus. Begin to manifest his word, the living, true word. There's, there is also a person right now who has been diagnosed with cancer. There are three people who have been diagnosed with cancer. The Lord says right now, cancer is leaving your body. There's a person who has a, a rod in your right leg and a, this rod was put there because you had an accident um, uh, and I'm seeing you really in a lot of pain. Uh, in fact, the pain is reaching your hip and now your backbone, lower backbone, uh, uh, the lower back is beginning to, to hurt. You can't sleep, you can't, you can't move around, you can't walk clear, uh, very well and you're on medication, pain medication. I want to tell you that that rod in your, in your leg is leaving your body right now in fact it's becoming it's becoming like flexible like your body it's just melting into your body right now so i want you to write in and tell us write in and tell us 
Give us your testimonies. I'm seeing a person um, who, who, who was blind in one eye. Your eye is beginning to get healed right now. You're beginning to see clearly that the vision is beginning to appear in your eye. I'm seeing, I'm seeing people who had, uh, who had gained weight because of hormones. Uh, your hormones are being balanced right now. And over the next one week, you will notice a rapid loss of, of weight. And you'll see that your joy levels come back again and your hormones are, are being balanced. And every, if people around you are beginning to hang out with you and, and really want to, they want to hang out with you because you're, you're not in a bad mood all the time. And Lord is fixing good. He's, he's always, God is always in a good mood. And so your people need to be in a good mood. If you have the word in you, you will always be in a good mood, man. That's what I, that's what I believe. So I want to bless you. I want to declare that this season is about to pass. Don't give up. Don't give up. Just stay strong in God's word. Just stay planted. Be, spend time with your family. Man, I mean, this is a good season to be with family. You know, it's a good season to spend time teaching your kids their, their school lessons. <laughs> it's really awesome. Um, it's time to grow in patience. It's time to eat food at home. <laughs> we, we live in a culture that we press a button. We want things to come home. But, uh, but I want to encourage you, just take time. Just take time. Look around you. Go for a walk outside your house. Uh, and just, just take your dogs for a walk if you want to. Whatever it is, just go out. Enjoy life. Breathe fresh air. You know, it's a good thing. It's a good thing to, to pick up a phone and say, call up a friend that you always message and say, hey, I just wanted to talk to you. How are you doing? How, how is life? What, what is happening? What are you doing today? You know, and just, just begin to talk to one another and give each other hope. And I really believe that this season is about to pass. Um, but I'll tell you the choices that you make in this season will determine how you come out in the next season. So make good choices. Make choices that are based on the word of God, on the counsel of God's word. And don't make your choices based on what people tell you. Don't, don't, don't base your choices on what um, uh, man tells you, ungodly sources tell you. Uh, switch off those things. You don't need them. What you need is more of God. What you need is life coming into you. I want to declare over you that you will live an abundant life. I want to declare that every blessing that God has for you, you will receive it and you will manifest it in your life. John 10.10, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But I have come to give you life and life in its abundance. And I bless you with long life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. Thank you.